Welcome in, welcome in. It's the Deep Cover Podcast. Back at you, coming off of week three, going into week four. Hope everybody is uh, doing well out there, celebrating another Ravens win, another um, take it down to the wire. Um, All three of these games, man, first three games have kind of been like this, where it's just come down to the end. And uh, there's been a lot of excitement. And the Ravens came out on top, so that's even more exciting when it ends that way. Uh, but as usual, I'm joined by Chris and Carrie. Let's check in with the guys. We'll start with you, Carrie. How you doing, man? Good, man. Feeling very relieved. Uh, can you imagine how hard our jobs would have been if the um, <laughs> if the Ravens would have lost this game? <laughs> it would have been rough. Them Twitter streets would have been real rough. So you no. Know, I'm very appreciative of what Jason was able to, to pull off for us. Yeah, we're going to get into some of that. Uh, there, there are definitely some some things that happened in that game that if he hadn't made that kick, those would be the leading stories. Or I should say things that didn't happen. <laughs> those would be the leading stories in that game. So fortunately, uh, he was able to make history and set a record uh, and, and, and help them get the win. So, you're right. I'm glad that it worked out that way. How about you, Chris? How you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. I bought another good luck charm for the for the season. Oh. I just got it today, so I got another good luck charm here along with the candle. So I'm gonna have a little a little Lamar shrine over here at the house just to make sure that <laughs> the the back flare ups don't don't keep happening and you know these little tweaks don't happen. So we keep them nice and healthy all season long. Yeah, I was. I was a little concerned. I, I would say mildly concerned when I saw that he didn't practice again today with some back stiffness, I think they said, back soreness, whatever they termed it. I know Greg Roman said that he didn't think it was anything serious, so the team doesn't at least publicly seem to be concerned about it and think, like, you know, he'll he'll, he'll be fine. Um, and you got the shrine going, so that really should put my, my nerves at ease. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, and Chris, that's what – Chris, that's two um that's two um brands you done gave some love, so make sure we let them know yesterday's <laughs> price is not today's <laughs> price. <laughs> and the words of Fat Joe, absolutely. Let them know. Uh and uh, you know, anybody who's interested, uh you know, we we, we can't do it right now. You gotta understand the game. Uh, but whoever those manufacturers or resellers of those products are, get at us. Uh, DMs are open for sponsorship opportunities. So, <laughs> yes, always, <laughs> They've seen always. Their products on screen. They've seen their products on screen, so you know who you are, right? We don't have to mention the names right now, but when there's a check coming, we will happily mention the names. Uh, yes, but until then, until then, um, I know we wanted to do a little quick recap. Uh, on the Lions game because we're recording this on Thursday, so obviously we're we're you know full steam ahead towards the Broncos game on Sunday. So we did want to go back and touch on that a little bit, and then you know kind of look forward, give our thoughts on uh, this matchup with the Broncos. But 
to start with uh, our look back, I guess, you know, we can, we can start at the end and work backwards. You got to start with the kick, though, I think. I mean, you can't bury the lead. 66-yarder, um, NFL record in Detroit where he kicked another long one in Detroit. I don't know if that one was to tie a record or it was close to a record or whatever it was the last time they were up there. But he kicked another long one and, and made it back then. But this one, I mean, 66 is another level. Uh, I'll start with you, Chris. Um, just what did you what did you think, man, when you when you heard that they were even attempting a 66 yard field goal? Well, when they were attempting it, I was like, oh, man, like this is this is rough because he missed one earlier in the game, too. On I think it was the, the first drive of the game or one of the first possessions of the game. And he, he missed one. So I'm like, damn, I hope he's not shaken up by that. But as we can see, you know, this I don't know what it is, but the, he, he loves the dramatics in Detroit. There's something about Detroit that just Justin Tucker just loves. And and of course, in typical Justin Tucker fashion, it didn't just go through the uprights. It had to bounce off the crossbar and then go forward. Of course, typical Justin Tucker fashion. You know, he, he has a flair for the dramatics. So uh, I, I was happy for him. I was happy for the team. I was happy for Lamar because this is three weeks in a row where he's essentially led to game-winning drives, even though they didn't win in the Raider game. But he that was a game-winning drive. So this is three weeks in a row where that narrative has been put to test by those people who keep harping on those on those issues with him. So credit to Lamar and credit to this offense because they just seem like they don't get down anymore. Before we would see them get down and kind of, you know, be be front runners in a way, you know, like that 2019 season. But when adversity hits, they're still cool, calm, and they're, they're the same Ravens. They they don't change. They don't they don't bat an eye even when things aren't even going their way. So you know this is this is all great for them, and this is these will be things that down the season will pay off. Yeah, coaches love to talk about overcoming adversity, right? The uh, Nard Melton, friend of the show, Fire Zone show. Uh, coached himself, coached in high school, and he talked about it all the time. He's like, you'd almost want to, you almost want to create some adversity sometimes in practice and stuff because you know how it, he says, you know how it prepares a team to be able to deal with the inevitable stuff that's going to happen during the season, right? And how you're going to, to your point, Chris, how you're going to have to bounce back when things don't go your way. Are you going to, are you going to bounce back? Or are you going to, you know, hang your head, drop your head, and and not kind of be able to get out of your own way? Uh, but Kerry, let me let me get your thoughts on the kick. But before the kick, I got to tell you, uh, the fourth and nineteen, my kneecaps were feeling very vulnerable. Man. <laughs> these kneecap miners up in Detroit, <laughs> they done got us, man. I'm looking at that fourth and nineteen, and then they were able to convert that, and then you know attempt the field goal. What did you think about that that whole sequence, man? Yeah, what was crazy in that sequence is I thought one of the most uh, impressive plays probably of the game was Lamar escaping that sack on third down and you know even getting it to a point where it was a you know a fourth and 18 um because I mean if, if he goes down there you know that was probably a six seven yard loss you know now we're talking about something different so you know for him to be able to kind of create that first off and then secondly, with the kick, 
Um, I just had a feeling, man. I didn't want to tweet it or say anything, but you know, once I saw how long the kick was and you know where they were, I thought he was gonna hit it. And so, you know, I didn't say anything, but you know, of course, when it you know bounces off the upright, I'm thinking the worst. Oh, it's, it's bad now. And then when it bounces in, I'm just like, what did I just watch? <laughs> <laughs> I know when I when I saw it, because you know, a lot of times you'll hear it through like the field mics. You'll hear it sometimes, even kind of be, like a split second before you see it. And I heard it. And I'm like, oh man, he, he he came up a little short. And then to see that forward spin. And then the dude that works for the team, you know, one of the ball guys back there caught it was like throwing the fist pump. I was like, oh, it's good. I can't believe, that he, made I can't believe he made that kick. Uh, but yeah, man, that that whole narrative, uh, you mentioned it, Chris. We've talked about it going back to last year, but even even, you know, through the first three games this year. Um when Lamar has had to come on at the end of these games and go get points to win the game. Now, like you said, in the Raiders game, you know, the Raiders got the ball back and, and were able to score, but the last offensive drive that the Ravens had, they went down and got points. And, you know, that's what they've been able to do um, this year. So credit to Lamar and the whole offense. Uh, I think the defense, man, I got to, got to shout them out a little bit because they were very shorthanded going into that game, particularly on the defensive line. I mean, everybody knows about the other injuries that they've had, you know, all going back to the preseason. But, you know, um, a lot of very key guys already out for the season. And then, you know, they had COVID issue come up kind of mid to late uh, part of the week going into the, the Lions game. And you're down, what, Brandon Williams, Justin Houston, Justin Matabike, um, Jalen Ferguson, <laughs> you know, you lose all of those guys due to, um, you know, COVID close contacts or testing positive, whatever the case was. Uh, Dalen Hayes goes down in the first quarter of that game. So, man, shout out to that defense for, you know, playing the way that they did and, and kind of keeping that game uh, close in terms of bottling up Detroit's offense. For most of the game, it really wasn't until that fourth quarter you know, third or fourth quarter, second half, where Detroit, um, you know, kind of started to put some long drives together and get a couple of touchdowns. But, you know, to me, that was to be expected. I mean, those guys had played a lot. And, um, you know, especially on the D-line, that's uh, that's asking a lot. But um, guys stepped up all across that defense. Calais Campbell, man, was on a mission. <laughs> he was absolutely on a mission out there. And they, yes, needed, it. And they, they, needed, they needed every bit of it. Um, but switch back over to the offense for a minute and I'll start with you on this one, Chris. So, uh, you know, obviously the Ravens needed that 66 yarder to win because it was a close game, but there were some things that happened, particularly with my man, Hollywood Brown, uh, where the game probably wouldn't have been, uh, probably wouldn't have been as close, uh, if he was able to cash in a couple of opportunities. Um, you know, people probably know by now he had a couple of drops, I I want to say because we we talked about this in our you know little chat that we have little film chat. Uh, two of those, the DB had gotten a hand on the ball um, before you know it got to Hollywood, and people could say, well, he still should have caught it, but you know that's that's going to affect the way that you see the ball. It affects the way that the ball spins. You know that that's not an easy thing to do. Now there were two other ones that you know I think you got to put 
squarely on his shoulders and say, you know, there wasn't the DB, it wasn't anything else. Those were just dropped. But uh, Chris, I know you, you, because you, you wanted to have this on the rundown to just say, hey, you know, we, we kind of need to take a step back here and, and put this in some context. So I'll give you the floor for that. Right. Yeah. The first one, I, I kind of gave him a, a bit of a pass. Like, I think, you know, that's it. it's a catch that, you know, you see upper echelon wide receivers make. You know, you you, you see a, a, a Devontae Adams make that catch, even though somebody would get a hand on the ball. But it's something that you would want to see Hollywood make. But he didn't make the catch. Credit to the defense. They made a great play. But the other two, those are two that you just you cannot excuse those. But what my problem is, is thinking that this is going to be an ongoing issue is we've seen him catch the ball. You know, everybody has a bad day at the office, even football players. It's going to happen. Some days people are going to be good. Some days people are going to be bad. But like Lamar said, we're grown men and we're going to move on. Like Jalen Hurts said, when you drop a deuce, flush it down the toilet. You don't just keep looking at it. (laughs) So this performance, you're flushing it down the toilet. Now, if it continues to happen, then we can have those discussions about being concerned about Hollywood's hands. But so far, first three games of the season, he's been one of the best wide receivers in the league. And he, he's been lighting it up consistently. Game one, game two, game three. And that's with no training camp. And that's even with limited practice time during the season because of an ankle injury that popped up. So he had the hammy and he had the ankle and he's still been performing in games. So let's not pile on him. I mean, obviously it's not good. Like we're not giving him a pass. Like, yeah, sure. Just drop, you know, touchdown passes all you want. No, that's not the case. But as far as season looking at it, you know, for the entire season, I don't think it's an issue that, you know, that we should be concerned about going forward. Yeah, I'm with you, man. If it, if it's you know something that happens um, over the course of multiple games, yeah, okay. Then maybe we get like you said, maybe we gotta then turn around and kind of look in the toilet and stare at it a little bit. But <laughs> if it's if it's not that issue, then yeah, we flush it, we forget it, we put it behind us, we move on. We know Hollywood can catch the ball. That's not an issue. It's not even a conversation in my mind. Um, Kerry, did you want to touch on that? Because I know you had talked about how efficient Hollywood had been with his opportunities, uh, you know, so far this season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's been super efficient uh, this season. And um, also, I think when you're able to get behind defenses and do some of the things that he did, uh, um, you know, people always say earning targets is a skill. You know, it, it's not just, you know, big, fast guys out there running, running around and, you know, getting open and getting targets. That's not how this works. You know, it takes a lot of dedication, preparation and all those things to go out there and be able to beat an NFL corner and earn a target. He's earning the targets. You know, he's making plays and, you know, he let a couple um, he let a couple get by him. But, you know, people need to just chill a little bit on making indictments on this man's career based off of one game or, you know, a bad stretch of games because for as many down games as he's had, he's had double the 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 good games, the strong games, the games where he's 
blowing by people and making plays and making tough catches. Uh, I mean, just look at the playoffs alone. Look at his numbers in the playoffs. And, you know, and, and get back to me and tell me if this guy's not a good football player or not. So people just got to, you know, just 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 a little bit when it when it comes to him. Yeah, I'm looking at those playoff numbers right now. Uh, you mentioned those numbers. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you you would put those up there with any of the other top wide receivers in the league in terms of, of, of yardage, right? I mean, going back to the 2019 playoff game, seven for 126, right? And people can say, oh, well, they were trailing. So, you know, that's why he had that. But then, all right, spinning forward. The Tennessee game um, in 2020, seven for 109, right? Even the Bills game, four for 87. And that's without Lamar for a whole quarter. Lamar didn't play the whole fourth quarter. So uh, the guy has stepped up in big-time games. And you could say, okay, those are yards. That's all fine and well. What about touchdowns? Okay, yeah, he didn't have the touchdowns in those playoff games. But he had seven games. You know, we talked about this before. Going back to last season, coming into this Lions game, he'd had a touchdown in, in seven games. Seven, uh, It wasn't consecutive. There's one in there against the Jags where he didn't, you know, going back to last season where he didn't have a touchdown. But, um, you know, he was on a, a seven-game seven touchdown stretch in those last eight games. So, you know, he had been producing, and he just had one of those games. You know, Chris said it. You guys both said it. It, it happens. Um, you put it behind you, and you move on, and you get ready for the next game. And so we'll see, you know, what, what happens coming up with the Broncos. But before we leave, I'm not, I'm not, you know, we're not ready to leave this Detroit game just yet. Um, a couple other things we wanted to touch on and related to the passing game, just how well Lamar was throwing the ball. Um, Carrie, I'll start with you on this one. I mean, those balls that Hollywood dropped, these weren't like passes that were off target either, like where he had to make some kind of wild adjustment or anything to the ball. I mean, Lamar was putting these things right on people, and it wasn't just the Hollywood. I mean, he was he was dealing to everybody everywhere on the field. Uh, how impressed were you with the way Lamar was uh, was spinning it in that game? Yeah, he was he was dialed in, man. I mean, you see this from him a lot, but you know sometimes things can kind of get away from him on a throw here or a throw there. This one wasn't anything like that. This he was completely dialed in. Whether the pass needed, you know, touch, whether it needed some velocity behind it, he was hitting them at all angles and, you know, he was completely dialed in. So, um, you know, it's unfortunate that because of some drops and some things, he didn't have the big statistical day that he should have had when you look at just how well he threw the ball. Um, but it was encouraging how well he threw the ball and it's encouraging um, schematically how this play action offense looks. Um, you know, when they get time and play action, they're dialing up some stuff down the field, man, and they are getting guys open. Um, you know, when you got a Mark Andrews streaking across the middle of the field against a, a linebacker, that's advantageous for the Ravens nine times out of ten. You know what I mean? Like, that's something you want to see. Um, you know, when you have a Hollywood able to explode down the scene, that's advantageous for the Ravens nine times out of 10. Now, Hollywood's got to catch the ball. You know, we <laughs> we just talked about it. He's got to catch the ball. But, you know, that's a those are matchups you'll take nine times out of 10. Um, and so they're they're creating those opportunities. Uh, 
with our with our guy Chris's um, main man at right tackle, you know, creating the extra time. <laughs> hey man, P- PFF is on him. <laughs> PFF is loving him. Him and Bradley. <laughs> ESPN too. That win block. Uh, that that win uh, block win percentage rate, or how do they phrase it? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm screwing up. Uh, they both were pretty high up in there. Um, but I, I'll come to you about Lamar too, Chris. The other thing. Uh, I'll just say real quick is um, you're seeing this without their first round pick, Rashad Bateman, you know, who's who's making his way back from injury. Also without Miles Boykin, say what you want about Miles Boykin. <laughs> They're going to come after you, Mike. <laughs> hey, that's cool. It's all good. Hey, we love, we love no, the feedback. We but he's been game. missed. He's been missed in the run game. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. so, you know, you, 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 you're not even at full strength. And this passing game has has looked to me. The other thing too, I'll just say this, and then I'll, I'll let you speak. Um, I, I can't help but think that this has something to do with um, Keith Williams and T. Martin, because you watch these guys run, and things just look crisp. I mean, they just look crisp. They're getting in and out of their routes. They're getting in and out of their cuts. Um, you know, creating separation. Um, it just looks really, really crisp. So. Uh, credit to those guys for the role that they're playing as well. But you mentioned you, you, Chris, you mentioned the, uh, the wired episode. I hadn't seen it about how even James Urban was impressed with the way Lamar was throwing the ball. Yeah. And, and to piggyback off of uh, uh, what uh, Williams said, Keith Williams on the sideline to Duvernay, he was like, you see how you ran that in practice. It's not there, but I told you in the games, it's going to be there. And he said that, that Duvernay ran it the exact way that he wanted him to run it. And it resulted in a touchdown. So, it, you know, credit to those guys. And, and those were two hires that we were really, really excited about. And, you know, we're seeing it pay off right now because uh, these wide receivers, they're not even at full strength and they're looking, they're looking pretty damn good. But going back to Lamar, man, he was just dialed in. And the throw to Sammy, that throw was just, it was beautiful. And, and I think it was uh, Slade, uh, credit to a big play receiver, who he said Sammy didn't even give Lamar that much space to even fit that thing in there. And Lamar placed it in the perfect spot. A credit to the DB who played it beautifully. Time to jump. Just it, it was a beautiful play by the DB to, to just get a finger on it. But if he doesn't make that play, that's dropping right in Sammy's hands. And that's one of the most impressive throws I've ever seen from Lamar down the sideline. So credit to Lamar, man. He was just locked in. And, and hopefully this is just, just a small little taste of what we're going to see for the rest of this season because the offensive line, you know, the continuity is growing a little bit. You got Kerry mentioned Makari, you know, so then we got Bateman who started practicing today. So hopefully this thing gets rolling and, and we can really see Lamar take that next step as far as a down the field thrower now and just really start terrorizing the NFL. It's exciting to see the the potential, right? You've not and I don't, I hesitated because I don't even want to just say the potential because you've seen the actual. We've seen what he's actually done in games, whether it was this game or even the Kansas City game. Hollywood had a hundred yards in that game and a touchdown. Um, you know. It's 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 been there, and you know, really, it's it's just kind of in those uh, early stages of the season on, on where it's going to go. Um, 
I think the last thing I wanted to kind of touch on before we we kind of pivot and and, and go to the Broncos game is as people talk about the run game and you know kind of asking some questions about that and why wasn't it as effective as it had been against the Chiefs and did they get away from it? Um, you know, that's all it's the craziest thing about Greg Roman. He doesn't run it enough, he runs it too much. Um, can't win. But if you take out Lamar's carries, because uh, I know people will, you know, if you if you add those carries and yards in, which I do, because I mean he's a part of the run game, but I know people will say, Yeah, but if you take out Lamar, okay, yeah, if you take out Lamar, I want to say they were 15 for 58, 15 carries, 58 yards. So uh, you know, obviously, you know, you'd like to see a little more than that, but credit to Detroit, man, because I think they were doing some things um, from a scheme standpoint and a technique standpoint where they understood what the Ravens wanted to do in the run game. And they said, well, we're going to take that away. And so they were forcing the Ravens to adjust. And I think you saw a little bit of that adjustment in the second half. I don't want to get too super football nerdy with it, but the Ravens like to use pullers on a lot of their run plays. They want to pull an offensive lineman, sometimes one, sometimes two. Sometimes they've got tight ends moving from one side to the other, fullbacks moving from one side to the other, wide receivers. They like to add numbers in the running game. Roman talks about it all the time, numbers, angles, and leverage, right? So they want to create those things wherever they can in the run game. And um, – one thing that Detroit was doing that I noticed in terms of those plays where the Ravens were using a puller is they were just attacking that dude, right? I think sometimes what you see in the NFL is those outside linebackers, defensive end types, they've got a puller coming to them, a pulling offensive lineman coming to them. And, you know, everybody's not about that life in the NFL. I know it's the NFL, but everybody is not about that life of taking those dudes on as violently as, as the Detroit guys were taking them on and really almost giving yourself up and freeing a teammate up to make that play, you know, and the lions were doing that. Basically they were closing down a gap. They were closing the door on that gap that that pulling offensive lineman is trying to create, just really attacking him violently in the backfield, very flat to the line of scrimmage. And they're just saying, Hey, look, you, we're going to create a pile. Right. With anything coming behind you, whether it's another puller, whether it's the running back, we're just going to create a pile and make you have to bounce. And then a linebacker, a DB, whatever can kind of scrape and flow over the top and make the tackle. So they wanted to take that away. That was that you could watch the film and you could see that was a conscious thing, I think, on their part to say, hey, this is how we're going to play those. And we're going to take that away. We're going to make you do something else. And the Ravens did do some different things in the second half. They went to kind of more interior runs without pullers um, and they were able to turn out a few yards. You know, a couple of carries, not nothing huge, a five yarder here, an eight yarder, a 12 yarder, a five yarder, but better than what they were doing in the first half with some of those plays where the Lions had made, you know, a, a concerted effort to take them away. So I actually give the run game credit, give Roman credit for saying, hey, this really is our strength. This is really what I want to do, but you're trying to make me play left handed and you want to take that away. Okay, well, I'll go to something else. And, you know, we'll have some success doing that. Could they have done it a little bit more? That's always debatable to me. I mean, it's easy to second guess stuff after the fact and say they should have called more of this or they should have called more of that. But in the moment, it's hard to do. Um, I was telling somebody the other day, I said, I, I challenge you, do that when the game is on, right? You got the play clock up there on TV. You can see it. Call a play, right? And don't, don't 
be out there with some run right, run left. Try to call <laughs> one of their actual plays. <laughs> and I know everybody doesn't know the verbiage, but everybody who's watched football has has seen, you know, those John Gruden clips where, you know, they got like 10 words in the play call uh, and they're trying to get all this verbiage out uh, to call a play. And I'm not saying the Ravens, uh, you know, play calls are that wordy. I don't think that they are. But just imagine having to call the formation, having to call the actual run play, having to call motion, uh, having to maybe throw some kind of adjustment call in there. Like if you're doing something with the snap count, uh, you're putting like a, a dummy call in there. So, okay, snap count's not really on this, but it's going to be on this when you hear this word. You got to get all of that communicated and you got to do it within the confines of the play clock. So if you think it's easy, um, challenge you. Try to do that. Die for the whole game. Take a series and see if you can actually get the words out of your mouth before the play clock expires. Man, sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's difficult to pick a play on Madden. I can't imagine actually saying it. <laughs> now I've tried it. I'm I'm weird enough that I have actually tried it using some of his old verbiage from the 2013, 2014, 49er stuff. And I'm like, the first one, I'm good, right? Possession in 10, first time you take possession of the ball. I got my play ready. You know what they talk about? You got like your first 10 plays scripted. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to roll. <laughs> but then it's all downhill from there. <laughs> Second down, third down. I'm like, uh, 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 scat, right, uh, 22. Uh, <laughs> and it, uh, it falls apart. So it's not easy, man. It's not easy. Uh, we're not making excuses for these guys because they're – professionals and, and very well compensated and they're the best at what they do but just keep that in mind when you're thinking about that at home so let's switch gears a little bit looking forward to the broncos um undefeated broncos undefeated broncos three and oh broncos and yes we know it's against the giants the jets and the jags but three and oh is three and oh they put those people on your schedule and you beat them so you know you can talk about the quality uh, of those opponents, but you don't get to pick that, right, as a team. The schedule is made and you play it, so credit to them for winning all three. Um, but I'll start with you there, uh, Chris. We'll do open open run like we like to do sometimes on this. What are your thoughts on this Broncos team and kind of how you see the matchup? Um, I, I see it as a team that's not, you know, they, they have Teddy leading them now. And one thing we know about Teddy is he's going to take care of the ball. He's not going to be careless with it. He's going to make sure that that ball does not get turned over to the other team. Um, they have a great run game where they're using Melvin Gordon and, and uh, Javante Williams, too. Now, what is what's kind of beneficial to the Ravens, well, hopefully beneficial to the Ravens, is uh, the uh, injuries that the Broncos are going to have at uh, – at uh, offensive line and wide receiver because uh, K.J. Hamler went down tore his ACL and uh, they had uh, Glasgow go down and also uh, Dalton Reisner. So those are two starters on the offensive line in the interior who will possibly be down this game. It's still not for sure, but it's trending towards that direction. Uh, we've been down this road before where the Ravens are going to be going up against reserve offensive linemen and it didn't work out with uh, so well against the Raiders. So hopefully this time around, uh, they'll be able to capitalize, capitalize on it. But uh, yeah, this is going to be a tough game, man, because uh, the Broncos defense, they, they just lost uh, Bradley Chubb 
but uh, they still got that guy, Von Miller, one of the best pass rushers we've ever seen in the NFL. And they have those young safeties back there, and they have that young guy, Patrick Sertan, who's been balling. So it's going to be a tough game. It's definitely not going to be a gimme. But uh, I think I think they the Ravens match up fairly well against them. And Von Miller is definitely still Von Miller. Four sacks uh, in three games and a bunch of pressures. Uh, so he's still doing what he does. Carrie, let me go to you. Um, how do you see this matchup playing out? Yeah, it's going to be interesting, man. Um, the Broncos, uh, Vic Fangio-led defense, you know, that's nothing to sneeze at. You know, that that's going to be a tough, hard-fought um, battle there. Um, offensively, I know they lost the receivers, but I look at these tight ends and I see tight ends in plural because, you know, you got Fant, who is one of the more talented tight ends in the league. But then you have Albert O, who they're probably going to be running more um, 12, you know, with those um, injuries at receiver. Now you got another big physical athletic tight end, um, you know, to deal with. And looking at the last few games of what the Ravens have faced at tight end, you know, they've had a tough go, you know, with with the, the schedule. You know, you get Kelsey. Then you get Waller, then you get Hawkinson, and now you got Fant and you know Albert O. And we know that you know the the linebackers haven't you, you know haven't had the best time you know recently with their so, um That's a little concerning. Uh, again, you know, as Chris said, you know Teddy's not going to turn over the ball. So you know to be able to go in there and get a win we can't lose the turnover battle, you know, in, you know, dramatic fashion. And so, you know, Lamar has got to be just as dialed in, you know, shooting down the field to kind of make plays. You got to watch for that guy, Justin Simmons. He's one of the best to me, one of the probably one of the best defensive players in the entire league, not just safeties. I mean, the, he's just a really good all around player. So, you know, you can't be late, can't make mistakes you know, going down the middle of the field with him back there. So, you know, it's going to be interesting, man. But but like Chris has said, uh, like you said, Mike, uh, these guys look very look very poised. You know, they, they're not blinking, you know, when they get into tough situations. So, you know, I'm looking for that to continue. And this it's going to be just a hard-fought um, game. Yeah, and something I didn't even mention, Tim Patrick revenge game. The great Tim, the former Raven great Tim Patrick. <laughs> He's on that list. He's on that list of preseason guys who people fell in love with and, uh, you know, were very disappointed to see, um, you know, not not hang around, not stick with the Ravens. So, um, yeah, he got, I, I was watching them a little bit today, and I'm like, he is – I forget how big of a dude he is. You see him out there lined yeah. up. And it's like a tight end. And you see him even next to Corey Sutherland, who is not a small dude. And I'm like, man, that dude looks like a giant uh, running around out there. He, he had a catch along the sideline uh, over one of the, the Jets' uh, DBs. And he just – it was like a father going up against a little kid. Like the way he just snatched it out of the air and then the way he threw the DB down. And when he got up, he made sure he let him hear it. 
Like it was just, <laughs> it was just violent all around. And I was like, damn, that's a grown man. <laughs> that's a grown ass man. And, and Teddy is getting the ball to those guys. You, you guys both touched on it. Um, you know, the one thing about Teddy is he does a pretty good job of getting the ball out, getting it out on time, getting it out to the correct receiver. You know, he's, he's generally pretty accurate. And so, you know, he's good pre-snap, he's good post-snap, you know, in terms of kind of identifying coverages and pressures and getting into the right plays, getting out of bad plays. Just a professional quarterback, you know, just a guy who's who's very well prepared and is going to execute your offense. And, you know, people might hear that and say, okay, well, we're talking about somebody who's like a game manager, which, again, I don't think is a bad thing, uh, the way that I think of a game manager. But he's also been taking shots down the field this year. Uh, much like Lamar, yeah. uh, he's up there in like yards per attempt and intended air yards and stuff like that. So he's he's not just dinging and dunking. He'll do that. You know, he'll take what you give him, uh, you know, in terms of, of coverage. But he'll also take shots, you know, when they're there uh, to, to be taken. So, you know, you got to look out for that. Uh, you know, with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, uh, the rookie out of North Carolina, runs really hard and is good in pass pro. Uh, that really caught my eye because, you know, you don't always see that with a lot, of, a lot of rookie running backs. We're willing to kind of really get in there and get dirty in pass pro, but but Williams is, and you know, we've seen Melvin Gordon in this year in in this league for a number of years. We know what kind of runner he can be, and uh, the defense. You guys both hit on defense. Um, from what I saw, they don't do a lot in terms of, of, of pressure with numbers. Um, you know, you're not going to see a ton of, of six-man rushes. You'll see some fives every now and then, but mostly it's a four-man rush. And conceptually, that kind of makes sense because you're thinking, well, you've got one pass rusher who is great, like Von Miller is great. Uh, you probably don't need to bring a whole lot of additional numbers. And when they had Chubb, too, you think about having those guys on either side, you're like, hey, we should be good. We're just rushing four. We should be able to get pressure, and, and they were, and they, and they do. Even even you know with Chubb now being out, you can still get it with Vaughn. They'll do some things with movement. They'll run some games. So like I said, they don't really do numbers, but they'll twist some guys. Um, you know, they'll do some two man games, some three man games, that kind of thing. So you'll see movement. And to me, it's their secondary uh, that really kind of stood out to me too in terms of coverage because. They make everything look the same pre-snap. You'll see those two safeties back there, and you're thinking it's two deep safeties. And then when you snap the ball, the picture changes. And they can do a bunch of different things uh, after the snap of the ball to try to confuse a quarterback in terms of what they're seeing. And they play a lot of match coverage so that, you know, they kind of let the routes declare, and then that dictates, you know, what they do in terms of coverage. And so that can be difficult too because – um, it might not show itself right away, um, you know, and the receiver's initial stem off the line of scrimmage. It's kind of once they get into their route, then you'll see guys start to kind of deploy and kind of show, you know, what they're covering and they're covering. So that could be a challenge. And then, like you said, Kerry, uh, Simmons, they like to drop him down and use him as like a robber a lot too after the snap. So he's kind of in the middle of the field just patrolling and um, with eyes on the quarterback and able to kind of just use his instincts and his playmaking ability and, and jump things and, and uh, go after balls. So I think it's going to be a tough matchup for the Ravens um, defensively. Um, I, I think that big Fangio coach defense, um, very sound, very disciplined. And um, another friend of the show, James Ogden uh, at Ogden. Is it at Ogden NFL? I think it's at Ogden NFL on Twitter. Um he talked about this little nugget that I 
I knew that Fangio and Greg Roman coached together on that 49ers staff, but I didn't know that they were together for three years. So they were together, um, you know, opposite sides of the ball, obviously, Roman on offense, Fangio on defense, but they were on that staff together for three years. But they've not coached against each other since they both left the 49ers. This will be the first time that they've coached against each other uh, in a game since they were on the 49ers. So a little history there between those guys. Shout out to James for uh, sharing that nugget with me. Uh, but that's all I had on the Broncos. Do you guys want to touch on anything else on them? Any other thoughts on on that part of that that game? No, I'm good, man. Just win, <laughs> just win. Let let's make this one a blowout. We've had enough. We've had enough close games. We've had enough thrillers and nail biters. Let's just blow them out. That would be uh, uh, a little bit better for the nerves. A little bit better for the stress level. And it was funny. Who was? Were we talking about it? Or was I talking to somebody else? How, uh, you know, since Lamar has kind of become the starting QB, we haven't had as many of those, you know, kind of cardiac games, which seemed to be the norm, right? When Flacco was the, when Flacco was the quarterback, seemed like everything kind of yeah. went down to the wire. But then this year, those are the exact kind of games that we've had. You know, each each one of the the first three games have been those kind of take it down to the wire. Um, you know, you think you're going to win, then you're not going to win, then you win, uh, you know, kind of things. But, yeah, it would be cool. It would be cool just to kind of cruise, uh, get into boa constrictor mode there in the fourth quarter and run out the clock. Uh, I, I'm, I'm definitely down with that. But at the end of the day, you said it, just get the win. However you got to get it, you know, whatever whatever it looks like, just get it. Uh, did you have anything, Carrie, or, hey, we, we might be able to, to to wrap this thing up here. Nah, I mean, I think everything, you know, pretty, pretty succinctly. Okay. One thing I do want to say is not necessarily about that game or, or, or the Ravens, but um, I know people have probably been checking it out. Kerry's still been putting out a, a DraftKings lineup, doing a little video uh, for DraftKings lineup, uh, DFS lineups um, on, on, on Sunday slate game. So uh, definitely check those out. Uh, I know we didn't, we didn't have a deep cover fantasy show last week. Um, a lot of that is on me. It's certainly not uh, because of Kerry, because you see he's still putting out videos and still putting out his his advice and his thoughts. But Chris and Kerry know uh, I've just been tired, man. I've been recording a lot of podcasts. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Plus, I'm old. People might not know this. I'm almost 50 years old, man. I'm 46. I'm an old dude. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not like these young, these young, young men here. Uh, who can roll like I, I get tired, man. I need a rest. Uh, but we're going we're to try to get uh, a more regular recording schedule with, with the deep cover fantasy too. Look, I, I'm just happy that we're, we're being more regular with deep cover. Uh, so it's like baby steps for me. We'll do. <laughs> at the time. But definitely still check out those videos uh, on the YouTube channel, deep cover um, YouTube channel. Gary's putting out those lineups and you know, I'm looking because I compete against both of these guys in DFS. So I always go on I don't tell him, but I, I go and watch the video. <laughs> 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 He's see what I can steal and incorporate into my lineup. He got me this week, though. We played the Sunday, and uh, he got me. Obviously, I didn't incorporate enough because he said he talked specifically about a couple of plays, like the Bengals defense, and I was like, ah, nah, that ain't, that ain't going to be it. Should have listened because he got me with that. <laughs> so check those out, man. I'm telling you, you want to win money? Or even if you're just playing your friends, just, you know, from bragging rights, you need to go check those videos out. Follow him on Twitter. 
yep. uh, at carry thirteen thirteen because he he's gonna give you some nuggets that'll that'll help you win. So with that, I guess we'll go ahead and we'll wrap it uh, for this episode. Um, thanks everybody for listening. As always, please like and subscribe, download, leave comments. You can interact with us on Twitter at Deep Cover Pod. Um, no show's got its own Twitter handle, so you can hit it up there. Obviously, the Deep Cover YouTube channel, this video will be out there. And then, um, you know, we also do an audio version of these shows that you can get on any of the podcast platforms, whatever your favorite podcast platform is. We're there. So we got you covered video, audio, fantasy. Um, you know, any, any anything that you can think of, we got you covered. So tap in, keep rocking with us, and uh, we'll get at you guys next time. Be good out there. Peace. Follow us for the fucking behavior. Make a note on the rhythm.